I just don't know what's going on with society today. All I see is a bunch of boys posting pictures wearing that glitter on them eyes. And my day, I'm going to dirt up my face if anything. And I pulled up my britches one leg at a time and I went to work milking them cows. <laughs> and I don't understand all these girls. They wearing skirts. They show their knickers. They must have been dropped as children. All they got is them iPads. I tell you what, Luann, you're right. Today all they're doing is they're always on that snapshot posting them titty pictures and being all shit. A question for you. Yeah. How do you know that? Uh, because I read about it in the news, Luann. I don't look at that garbage. My titties are the only titties you're supposed to be finagling. What's wrong with you? Now, Luann, your titties are finagling by themselves in the wind already. I think they have enough finagling for the both of us. <laughs> finagling? Is that what you said? Finagling! Oh, shit! <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Box with Micah and Hannah. Today we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. Uh, we have a list of topics, but it's going to be uh, loosely scripted as far as uh, our guidelines today. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to have some great conversation and another great episode. Stay tuned. <laughs> So, uh, how you doing today, Hannah? I'm good. Good, good, good. Uh, so, yeah, we got a lot of interesting subjects to discuss today. I wanted to talk a little bit about Trump, how he used his uh, executive power to kind of supersede Congress, go, go past them and go ahead and uh, fund his wall, the sum of $8 billion U.S. Taxpayer dollars. What do you think of that? I hate Trump. That's what I think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the fact that we really don't have any say so over it because whatever tax dollars come out go to whatever they want. So mm -hmm. I don't really like that very much. Kind of glad I'm not working right now because of stuff like that. And the thing is, I it's just not necessary. He's focusing his power on it so much because. He's concerned with his legacy. He wants to have a legacy of some sort, and he promised his voters and supporters a wall. That was his whole campaign was a wall. He constantly said who was going to pay for it. Mexico was going to pay for it, but no, the U.S. is going to have to pay for it. People don't want it. The American people don't want it. And the thing is, we don't need it. It's just horrible. It's harmful. It does more harm than good. Uh, there are tribes, native tribes that have been there far longer than, you know, some of the Americans on the uh, United States side. And there's property that they rightfully own, and they are independently sanctioned from the United States. They're technically their own nation, Yeah. these reservations. So, yeah, the border cuts through that land, and they're wanting to build a wall that cuts directly through 
their land that is rightfully theirs that they've been here, their ancestors and family since, you know. That's what the United States is good for, is like separating people from their land and stealing it and taking what's not rightfully theirs, which pisses me off. And people are like, this is our land. And it's like, no, you stole it. So it's not yours. Not just yours. And it's really kind of sad because now, uh, like, some, I, I watched this documentary and it was a news report, and some of the families there, the older generations live on the other side of the border, and then their family members can cross, but they have to show identification yeah, and go through a gate, go through security and all of this, and they, they check what they have, their vehicle, and it's their property. You have the United States telling them what they can do with it. That's a big thing, why I'm against the border wall, and the fact that we do not need that massive wall. We already have a wall and a lot of the open sanctions, and then other places it's not necessary with where we can set up detection and monitors and pressure points, sensors, you know, yeah. and there's cameras and all of this. Where It's like a virtual fence where we don't need a physical structure that wastes that much money and just divides us. Yeah, it's definitely going to divide more people and it makes me very sad. You know, that's a good segue into DACA um, and how you're familiar with the uh, influencer YouTuber David Dobrik. Yeah, very. He has these vlogs. They're four minute, 20 seconds long. He is a foreigner from or an immig- immigrant rather from uh, Slovakia. He does not have U.S. citizenship, and he is under DACA, which means he cannot even apply for U.S. citizenship until he leaves the United States. He would have to go back to his home country and apply for citizenship and then wait 10 years to re-enter. I'm not allowed to leave the country because I am under what you would call DACA, so I can't leave the country because then if I leave, I can't re-enter for another 10 years. Fun fact. It's unfortunate. And, uh, you know, he's a contributing member of society. He's, he's uh, for all... He doesn't freaking sound like he's from Slovakia <laughs> either. I don't understand it at all. Exactly, because he's assimilated into American culture. He grew up here. He's, he's from the Midwest. Uh, he grew up in Chicago. He has an all-American life. And see, people are like, we make it so easy for people to become citizens here. We do not. It's horrible. It's not easy for people to become citizens. And we need to make it easier instead of being like, no, you can't come here. And it's unfair that the children that grew up, uh, that came here at a young age, and now are working members of society and actually education, and they contribute a great deal. These are smart, successful people. And then they're they're having this to deal with and this on their shoulders. So that would make me a nervous wreck. Anytime being deported or leaving the country. And going not... to a country that you have no idea about. Yes. Scary to think of. Because then you got to readjust your way of <clears throat> learning to how they teach things. And it's not fair because, you know, you've grown up here your entire life and you know how we operate you're having to go there like leave all your friends your home and 
whoever you met here that has helped you out, you have to leave them just to readjust to another living situation that you have no clue about. Well, the cool thing, one positive aspect about that, uh, David Dobrik mentions later in that interview, is he said that if he were to be deported or, or if he did leave the country, that he said that he would go to Slovakia, apply for U.S. citizenship, and then he would still have to wait the 10 years, but he could go to the Bahamas and spend that 10 years and then go to the U.S., Lucky. So, you know, he could go anywhere he wants, really, uh, just not the U.S. So, But that's still a lot to think of, you know, even if you do that. But that really does suck, yeah, Yeah, that you you can't go back and forth. Yes, a little bit about uh, how that segues into, you know, politicians and uh, presidential candidates. Candidates. (laughs) Candidates. Bernie Sanders is running for president again. Which... Honestly, might be an unpopular opinion, but I like him. I don't agree with everything, <clears throat> but I feel like anybody who runs for president isn't fully. <laughs> he, I like the guy okay, but he's a little extreme on his policies when it comes to uh, socialism yeah. and the economy. Um, it's severe. and um, Which, like we've said before, like socialism here would be quite different than it would be in places like Norway and stuff like that because we're right. massive. Right. <laughs> and we and people have Americans have strong opinions and Americans are so used to having the American dream. In America you can get an education and then you you work towards it and you you know the, there's all these steps and yeah uh, education kind of sucks in America as far not the education as far as the quality but the price. Uh, how everyone mm-hmm. goes into debt uh, a majority of their lifetime. My mom, I think she's either still paying or just got done paying for going to college. And she's in her 60s now. It's it's a lot. It's unfortunate. It really is. It does need to change the education system, the education funding. However, what he's proposing is extreme and radical. It's too much change mm-hmm. because we've been this way for... Well, it's just too extreme. Um, yeah, and it won't work. And that's one. Yeah, it, that's really, one reason why work. I don't like agree. I I agree with some socialism aspects, but when it comes to the U.S., like I said, we're too used to being strict on everything. Yes. Yeah. Animals, creatures, uh, the ones that people are you know afraid of or kill that are very beneficial to our environment. That makes me very angry. There was a video that I saw on Snapchat. I'm sure some people that are listening have seen it. It's a leopard that was in a safari drive-through. They had the vehicles where it's like a Jeep and you have the director and then all the people that paid to ride through the safari. Well, the leopard was stalking them and watching them and decided to grab the director's arm, basically tried to pull him out. But instead of being like, you know, maybe we shouldn't have the safari ride set up this way and try and adjust to the outlet for the animal they euthanized the leopard oh man that's horrible it honestly like angered me because we trap all these wild animals and we expect them to adjust to humans but we don't adjust ourselves to them you know right and that's a lot of the problems with like snakes and spiders people are afraid of them 
because they've been fed bullshit about them that they're out to get you that you know i hate the stigma surrounding wild animals like sharks for example because of movies like jaws and hollywood and all these shark movies making sharks out to be these blood hungry psychopathic murderers that hunt humans that's not what they are that's really not and i hate that it's like like they hold grudges and revenge. Just like Killer no, Wells. No. I saw a video of this lady who likes to go out in the ocean and swim in the really deep parts. Mm-hmm. These killer whales started circling her. And at first she was kind of scared, thinking maybe they think I'm a seal because of my bodysuit and they're trying to attack me. No, they were literally just swimming alongside her. She said they were like singing to her and stuff. Yeah. They were not, they were playful, almost like puppies. They weren't trying to eat her. And, and you know, that's not to say that they're not dangerous sharks. Uh, but I, I, I saw this video, like this Australian diver. He was swimming with sharks. There was a lot of them. They looked really aggressive. And one of them did get kind of aggressive with him. He kind of turned suddenly towards him, like they were face to face, but they were still far enough apart. The Australian diver, he just made a sudden movement and put his arms out in like a an aggressive, fast-moving way, and it shocked and scared the shark back. And they got startled because sharks, they like to chase their prey. So if you run away swimming and scared, then yeah, they're going to be... That's going to make them chase after you even more. Exactly. Plus, they're not vengeful animals. Spiders are killed way too much. Well, yes. We, you experienced that last time I was over here. Yeah. Because I was like, let's let it go. And, and I've just been known to door. kill a spider or two. But <laughs> they are good for our ecosystem. And good for I don't other things. like them in my home. I'm sorry, but I don't like them in my home. Because they will bite you. And you're asleep. Yeah. Which is why I like to move them outside. Now, if one is chilling, like, nowhere near my bed, like, if it's in the bathroom in the corner and it has a web and it looks like it's molting. What is that? Basically, whenever they go into shed, like a snake, they get rid of their old skin and they grow and then they take their web down and they put it somewhere else. God, that's so weird. You didn't know that? No. I didn't know that. <laughs> Spiders yeah. do that? Yeah. Oh, my God. At that time is when they're most vulnerable, you know? You really don't want to move them or destroy their web because then that could actually cause them to not molt right and die. That's fascinating. That's a good segue into what you were telling me earlier. About their webs? About the silk. Yeah. Okay, so I was watching a documentary. I think it's called, like, Weirdest Wonders of the World. It's on Netflix. And there's some really weird stuff in there that can make me laugh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then there's stuff like that that's actually information from people. It was a guy who extracted the gene that creates spider silk. He decided to pretty much test run injecting the gene into goats and they would produce that silk from their milk so he didn't have to have like a vast group of spiders overpopulating one area with them he could use goats which you know are simple animals and take their milk and spin it like a spider web and make violin strings out of it that is amazing the strength and resiliency of spider webs the silk i've also heard like it can suspend a bridge even if woven like a rope it's extremely strong and you would have to probably have 
billions of webs to do that. Well, the genetic modification, I, I believe why they chose a goat, because it was more biologically compatible versus a cow. I think you're right, yeah. I, I wish there was a way to make a synthetic. The animals aren't harmed in that process, but still it would be cool to have uh, something similar, like a similar silk material that's synthetic. The term hate following. Well, I would assume it's when you follow hate in your life. <laughs> Anything hateful. Yeah, it's like I, I take it as like you follow someone because in spite of them. Like you're you're but you still want to check in on them. I don't do that. It's toxic, it's horrible, but a lot of people do that on social media. They'll follow, they'll purposely follow and comment and interact and engage with people that they despise or they claim to despise when really they're just projecting their own inner insecurities onto other people right which i've seen a lot of that recently i've seen people you know post pictures of their exes or someone that they used to talk to in lingerie or half naked and saying like that's why your legs are hairy and just hateful for dumb reasons. Like, you don't have to out somebody like that. You can keep that to yourself and just let that person go. You don't need to hold on to that. Even if you feel like you're making fun of that person or, um, and I have been guilty of the, where it's slightly, where I see someone who posts a, a picture and it's like extremely photoshopped. I kind of have a smug attitude towards that. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. But you know, I don't I don't actively engage in hateful rhetoric towards that person either. It's harmful to yourself. Getting yeah. that angry once you start focusing more on you and less on other people, in my experience they fade into the background. It's psychologist Dr. Sean, I don't know his or her first name. Uh, but yes, it's it's an interesting subject. If you're constantly talking bad to somebody, criticizing them, you never know if they're suicidal or really depressed. And that could trigger something and they could kill themselves. And legally, nobody can do anything about it. You know, like saying right. it was your fault. And because so that person say... died because somebody was bullying them and being hateful towards them. And they compartmentalized it so much that they couldn't handle it anymore. There's people that just really obsess and harass people that are more popular, maybe on social media, and so they think that they can just get away with that sort of behavior because they are so popular and like their comments will get lost. But no, it's always going to be the negative comments that stick out like a sore thumb. Trump. I always post about him, and I just thought yeah. of that when you were saying it. It's bad, honestly, that I do that. Put him in a bad light, but that's how I see him, and I guess that's how people are when they do that. They think, I do that you know, too, yeah. this person's so massively unpopular in a certain group of people that it's okay if I do this. Mm -hmm. That really makes me think about it. The false consensus is significant because it increases and decreases self-esteem. The overconfidence effect, it's the belief that everyone knows one's own knowledge. Like they think they know everything or they're overly confident about a particular subject to where they can no longer even accept 
facts. Facts, yes. Yeah, like they fact try check. to disprove. It becomes so deeply rooted into their psyche that they begin to really depend on that. They isolate themselves. Like, uh, for example, flat earthers. There is strangely a large group of them out there, and they meet and they have conferences. See, you know, I don't really believe in the fact that it's flat. But yeah. I also don't know if it's spherical or not because you think of how much we use Photoshop and, like, editing programs. Yeah. We've never actually been to outer space. We don't know personally, you know, yes. but still. Even the photos that we have seen of Earth aren't actual whole photos. There are several images yeah. with a telescope that takes digital frames and then they map out an image of a globe. When they try to make that statement to try to prove flat Earth, they bring up the planes and how, well, if they're crossing the ocean, why are they going to the southern hemisphere? Our view of what Earth looks like is skewed. It's not accurate. We rely on what we've seen from a constructed 3D image, the flat Earther thing. Like uh, Mark Sargent, I believe his name is. He's the one, one of the big pioneers of this stupid modern movement of the flat earth. He's so delusional to the point where when you try to have a logical argument, that's the thing, you cannot have logical arguments with them because they have a conspiracy theory about everything. Okay, well, NASA's behind that. NASA doesn't want you to know the truth. And it's like, why? No, that makes no sense. He was just shouting, uh, the earth is flat. Let me tell you. This one person random on the street asked him, okay, well, what what about Venus or what about, you know, the moon? It's like, it's all the same, man. It's all flat. It's all the same. And then the guy just kind of laughed and walked away <laughs> because it's ridiculous. You can you can see that the, the moon spherical is figure of the moon. Yes, yeah, that's a spherical. little that's a little far fetched. <laughs> they did experiments. They did like a laser experiment <laughs> that failed miserably. So they bought, it was like $20,000 to buy this sensor to measure the circumference and, and measure if the axis tilted. So if their measurement was like, okay, so if it tilts, that suggests that it is in fact a yeah. spherical and not just spherical, but it's moving and spinning throughout space. And their readings were 15 degrees off, tilted axis suggesting that we're on a spinning spherical plane. They didn't accept it. They didn't accept that, and it was clear results, so they're like, oh, no. Why would you spend, what you say, $20,000 on -hmm. something to test a theory and then not believe the results? Yeah, and so they buy, like, this concrete tube to stick it in, same results, because they thought, oh, well, we have to uh, compensate for the wind. (laughs) (laughs) No, And so they try to bury it in concrete. Same results. At that point, it becomes such a social group, a sense of belonging. Yeah. That they'll say anything. I watched the conference and a lot of people really didn't have anything to say about flat earth or conspiracy theories. They a lot of them got up there because they were grateful that they had people to share this view with their family, ostracized them, a lot of their friends and that's ridiculous to take it that far. Today we're going to do a um, ASMR episode. <laughs> I don't know.
Your, your nervous breath. <laughs> That's the it's sexual like a, tension breath. It's like a skin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh god. Oh, that made me lightheaded. <laughs> oh, that was hard. Meow. Oh my God, that's so loud. Meow. 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 Sounds like a dying cat. That's so fucking loud. Meow. I used to be able to do. Uh, what's that, Elmo? But that's really hard. Like, I'm El Elmo. <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> I'm Elmo. Oh. <laughs> that's creepy. Don't do that. That's not Elmo. Hi, kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a killer little <laughs> Jack. <laughs> 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 oh. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Thinking Outside the Box. And like I said, we're going to be recording a few more episodes and be editing so we can be putting out more consistent. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for listening to Thinking Outside the Box with Micah and Hannah. <laughs>